humans. How's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. This is episode 149, and I sat down and had a conversation with Jamie Floyd. She is an artist, a songwriter, and a composer, and she has been pursuing her dreams since she was 11 years old. She has got really interesting stories. She talks about the ins and outs and the ups and downs, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, speaking with her. Very, very cool woman. Um, by the way, if you saw the Burt Reynolds movie, and we talk about this a little bit, but I just want to give it an extra shout out. Um, she and uh, and a songwriting partner, John Martin, wrote all the songs for the movie The Last Movie Star, starring Burt Reynolds. Super cool. Um, she's got a lot of things going on right now. So anyway, uh, it's a cool conversation. I'm looking forward to hearing it. Um, <clears throat> I just want to get the usual stuff out there uh, on iTunes. Please rate and review Hey Human. Um, if you're an Amazon shopper, uh, if you go through the HeyHumanPodcast.com website, you'll see there is an Amazon portal on there. If you click on that and you shop Amazon just like normal, it helps support Hey Human. And I appreciate that. Um, helps keep it ad free. Um, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter under Susan Ruthism and Hey Human Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. So really, if you if you <laughs> type in my name, you're probably going to find all these things in the old Google, the Googleatron. Uh, I have a website as well, SusanRuth.com. Uh, I do lots of other stuff, including music. So you can find links to all that on there. Um, Speaking of links, see what I did there? On heyhumanpodcast.com, I curate uh, quite an epic <laughs> links page. Um, every episode has a section, and I try really hard to get a lot of information on there um, uh, based on whatever it is we're talking about. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff for Jamie's episode, including links to her music, which is cool. So definitely check that out. Um, next week is Eric Nadell, the voice of the Texas Rangers. So that's a fun one. Uh, we actually recorded that last summer and I was waiting for baseball season <laughs> to put it out. So that's next week. Anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. And, uh, I hope, uh, hope you're doing well out there in the world. It trying times sometimes, but just remember there's way more good people than, than bad people. So look for the good. All right, here we go. Jamie Floyd, welcome to Hey Human. Hello, thank you for having me. It's lovely to see you. Thank welcome you. To my, it's great to meet you. My, my pod room. We're in a really cute little space. It's adorable. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, this, uh, this has been a little bit in the making. I learned of you, obviously, a while back because of your songwriting and artistry that way. And then uh, I post a lot of stuff on Facebook, yeah. and uh, uh, one of my Facebook friends said, you should talk to Jamie. Oh. So I was like, all right, why not? <laughs> so here you are. Well, I appreciate you reaching out. Well, yeah. let's uh, let's go back a little bit. Are you from Nashville, or where are you from? I'm from West Palm Beach, Florida, oh. originally. <laughs> as south as you can get, right? That's right, that's right, as <laughs> south as it gets. Uh, and I moved here, I moved here 16 years ago oh, wow. this August, but I've been working here in town for 20 years or so. As a performer and a writer? Mm -hmm. Yep. I was signed to uh, a production development deal under Epic Records when I was 11. What? And, uh, and Rick Wake had signed me. He was the, the 
executive vice president back then. And so starting then is when I first started going back and forth to Nashville from Florida. Oh my gosh. And uh, was it country when you were 11? It was. I was actually, the executive who signed me was head of the pop label of, sure. of Epic in New York. And so they, part of, a big part of my story and a big uh, fork in the road was eventually, yes, I was in country music. That's what I wanted. But eventually they ended up offering me a pop record deal and I didn't take it. And so that that kind of was a, a big moment in my life. But um, but yeah, all along I was country, and that's what I wanted to, to Why? stay. <laughs> I think for people listening, um, the idea, we always hear the stories about people getting their deals and then doing the next thing and moving up, 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 up. up. Mm-hmm. You don't really get to hear about people who turn down deals. And for a lot of people, that's yeah. an insane, why would you do that kind yeah. of thing? So what, what made you make that decision? I think some of the best decisions that I have made as a business person in the music business have been deals that I've turned down, not deals that I've taken. Interesting. And so uh, back then, I was 16 at the time. September 11th had just happened where the trade towers were hit. And we, um, all of my family's in New York, and of course, the whole world stopped. And that was the same week of September 11th, where I was supposed to have a big showcase here in Nashville for the labels here in Nashville. The big label in New York was going to kind of pass me off to one of them. Um, So, of course, that didn't happen as planned. And that led to the vice president of the label calling me and saying, hey, Jamie, um, we can't really make it work in Nashville right now. A lot of things are complicated, obviously. Uh, Things are very unsure everywhere. However, we do have the means here to sign you as a pop act to this label and I will fly you here tomorrow, you know, give me the whole pitch. And uh, I remember standing in my mom's bedroom (laughs) on the call with the vice president of, you know, his assistant put him through and everything. And I... And you're 16. And I'm 16. That's a major decision. And he had said, you know, and he they were lovely. I I had a really great experience with with them. Um, But he had said, you know, you have to understand that you're not going to be able to do country music. You know, you're going to have to sing the songs we give you. You're going to have to dress the way we tell you to dress. And, um, you know, you'll still be in music, but you're going to have to do a different thing than, than what we've been pursuing with you. And I told him I wasn't interested in that. <laughs> and he, you know, there's like a silence and he's like, wow, you know, one of those where he's like, I cannot believe you are turning this down. And uh, I, I just, I couldn't, even then, I could not pretend to be something that I was not. And I told him that. And he, his mind was blown. He was, uh, they always had joked that Jamie was, you know, 15 going on 35 in the business meetings and stuff that we had. So I, I think he expected me to, to um, have something to say or have, you know, not just go along with, with whatever was thrown at me. I sure. put a lot of thought into things and they knew that. Um, and so I told him that I wasn't interested in that. And he said, um, okay, why, oh, why, why, you know, and I told him why. And he said, you know what, I cannot believe you are turning this down. But at the same time, I have so much respect for you. I can't even believe this. And he said, so here's what I'll do. Let's extend our contract for another six months. And if I can get you a record deal in Nashville, um, it was called a pass-through deal, basically, where the big label passes you through and, and participates in the investment. And he said, if I can, if I can get you a deal there, I will, and I'm going to work hard for you, and I'm going to try. I don't know what's going on down there. I don't know if it's going to happen, but I'm certainly going to try. And if we don't 
get it, then let's just part ways amicably and we, we tried our best and we'll just part ways at that point. So for the next six months, he did. You know, they, they tried really hard and Nashville so much was frozen here. It was before country music had really come back, I guess mm -hmm. is the mm -hmm. best way to put it and blown up again mm -hmm. <laughs> and um, in a big way. And so we tried and, and I wasn't able and to And you're a female. I right. mean, in Nashville... Right. In country radio, there's only a few slots for females. Well, back then, I mean, this is in 2001, 2002. So back then, there were still women on the radio. I was just going to say, but back in like the they late still, 90s, the, the, the uh, airways, it seemed, in country music was... Started to decline, I think. Yeah, but there was, you know, yeah. Patti Loveless. Oh, and, right. And Mary Chapin and, and Trisha Yearwood. And, and Sarah Evans. And, and, and Martina. Yeah. And it's uh, the women were dominating, it oh, seemed yeah. like. Yeah, there what was... What happened? <laughs> I, um... I don't know. I think there. I think people were making and are still making fear-based decisions. Even the culture in general, from a more softer space to a more, uh, you know, aggressive stature, right? And That's so then a um, men, it, yes. you know, the songs like uh, the "Boot in Your Ass" type songs, all mm -hmm. that began mm -hmm. a culture of broing yeah, out. Yeah, it kind perhaps. of opened the door to uh, to that that style of music which is fine that happens in sure. genres of music you have different pockets of different styles it's a cycle but what always. ended up yeah. yeah but what ended up happening is it worked once and because things were declining i think everybody just gravitated business-wise to okay that worked well let's do another one and sure. another one and then all of a sudden we're inundated national does one thing very very well uh -huh. so it just keeps doing it over and <laughs> over again <laughs> yeah. and you know that, that i think it happens in all areas there there are always fads there are always sure, trends of and this uh, one's just lasting a little I Think, yeah, I, and I think that's unfortunate because we've missed a lot of artists in in that um, wave. We've missed a lot of people. Well, for me, Ashley Monroe is a great example because uh, she and you wrote a huge mm -hmm. song for her, The Blade. But yeah, she did incredible with that album. And, and I don't understand why. I mean, I've been listening to her forever. Mm -hmm. You know, for from way back. She's been on all my workout CD. You know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> and uh, it's shocking to me how many extraordinary female talent isn't played on the radio here yes it's bizarre it's, for a quote-unquote music city i mean yeah i mean you look at the voices that we had on the radio like you were saying trisha yearwood and even <sighs> those artists those female artists from from that time as well are still making music people like leanne womack i mean it's Great the example. fact yeah the yeah. fact that a voice like her she is still a hundred percent as good or better than she ever was make the same thing with her music and you can't hear that on the radio and it is yeah. infuriating i was actually playing the bluebird the other night on last friday night with adam wright who produces her music and co-produces it and writes so much of it with her and he sat there in the round with us playing those songs you know in their most raw form from Leanne's past records and future records and everything. And and the songs are extraordinary. Oh, There's no other word for it. I I was so... And her voice is extraordinary. Oh, I was just, I was extremely <laughs> frustrated in that yeah. moment. Because you're like, this is what's being put out. And if you put that side by side to what's on the radio, no wonder they're not playing it. Yeah, because it's going to no make wonder. everything look that's right. that much worse. That's right. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times the argument is that people, that's what, that's what everybody wants. Well, you know what? That's all you have given them. Yeah, media People listen to what you give them. Right. Mediocrity is them uh, is an that. easy pill to swallow mm -hmm. because it, it it neither shines nor 
That's right. Nor makes you feel like less than, I suppose, is the yeah, best way so to put it. getting comfortable right in the middle is is not leaving any room for greatness on the radio. Mm-hmm. Every um, once in a while, one slips through, I and, I, and I marvel at that. When, when a wonderful artist and song slips through for a hot minute, mm-hmm. I think... It's almost like uh, being in prison, looking out the window and watching a rose bush bloom mm-hmm. and then deciding to get shades that you never draw again. Right. It, it seems bizarre to me. Why would you why would you want to do that? Why not? The world is hard enough, you mm-hmm. know. Why is mediocrity the best meal that you want? It's, it's so interesting. Why do you not want steak? Right. You know, I don't it's, it's get all, it. And, you know, I've, or for the vegans out there, why do you yeah. not want a really great portobello? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's, it's so interesting because um, the, looking at it's taking a step back because you can't, um, you, you like, like we were saying, you can't put those songs next to each other. And what's so interesting to me, too, is that they're all about the same night the same girl the same the phrasing is the same it's it's the same song put to this the same formula mm-hmm. only there's no s- subtlety it, you know it's just it's pretty i've seen all those yeah. uh youtube videos where yeah, they, well, they stack it. them yeah, yeah. It's pretty, and that's real wow. i mean i'm sorry it but real. it is <laughs> but then you have also yeah. in pop music the acts have you ever watched four chords the access uh-huh, is of awesome yeah. yeah we've all seen that yeah so it's not like country has got the the only Right, uh, stake in that. Right. I just think repetition. we're being extra overt. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I think we've taken it to to an extreme. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm in agreement with you for yeah. sure. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's and it's interesting. I have a dear friend of mine that I grew up with, Ali Tamposi, has written Havana and Justin Bieber songs and all these things. And there's and extremely talented. But if you do listen to all her hits on the radio and Kelly Clarkson's Stronger. You know there is there is an element of commerciality, but every one of those songs is interesting. Is interesting. Yeah. Yes. Is different. Melodically, at the very least. Right. Even yeah. if the chord structure, let's say, you know, uh, are similar, you would never. You know, there there's just a creativity around it that that I'm just not hearing as much. In I'm a music. big fan of pop, so you're not mm-hmm. gonna have to <laughs> be too hard. At, I'm for smart pop. I always call it. You know, I make the distinction between the bubblegum pop, which has its place. Right. And I the, respect for that. Yeah. I mean, there's. I yeah. couldn't get through a workout without it, but yeah. and you know, but the smart pop, mm-hmm. I absolutely. There's crafting more. involved with all so of it. So much craft. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I agree. Who are some of your musical heroes or sheroes? Yeah. (laughs) I grew up the daughter of two full-time musicians. That's my parents did. They have a band, and that's what they still do. What's their band? Um, It's just called Tom and Joanne. (laughs) Kind of old school. They got to Florida in the 80s and played. uh, They used to play a lot of gigs in New York and, you know, Northeast. And then they moved to Florida and played all the society gigs. So all the big parties in Palm Beach, basically, is what they did. And what style do they do? Like all old top 40, like yeah. everything that you would hear, you know, from Jimmy Buffett to Spyro yeah. I mean, just everything, old time rock and roll, all yeah. that. And so I had, I grew up around their rehearsals and I grew up around them playing uh, everything because they kind of had to learn everything when mm-hmm. they played their gigs. Um, and so I was introduced to country music, but also uh, like funk and jazz at the same time mm. as a kid. And so I remember really gravitating to George Strait, those incredible 
great records story he's songs. doing. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. When the chair had first come out and all of that, um, those records. So I remember knowing, I think those were the first songs I ever knew by heart because my mom used to sing to them to warm up when she was getting ready for work. And then my dad would be in our music room playing along with George Benson, who is mm-hmm. an incredible mm-hmm. artist. He's coming to the Ryman uh, soon in May, and I, I hope to get to go see him. But I was exposed to the Georges, is what I call George Benson and George Strait, which are very t- different artists. But I fell in love with with different things about the both of them, which have made made their way into my songwriting and yeah. have influenced me to this day. Um, both also, have a lot of integrity for their yes music too. Mm-hmm. Saying a lot of integrity seems hilarious, but you know what I'm saying? Yes. they have integrity. Period. They do. End of story. They really do. Yeah, and yeah, there's there's kind of a common thread there um, in the quality of what they both do and, and how authentic they are in in. And here they are. Yeah, in, in both of their genres. But I, I would also say that Bonnie Raitt and Trisha mm-hmm. Yearwood were two. So Trisha Yearwood became my who I wanted to be. Mm-hmm. You know, she she performed songs, it's interesting, that had elements from that you could look at and trace back to George Benson, you know, or that style of music and George Strait and the the incredible songwriting that country music was always known for. And these are artists that you're mentioning who you believe, at least for me, believe every word they're saying, mm-hmm. no matter what they're singing, yeah. you know, no matter which character they're embodying as they sing. And I, I do think there is a lack of that these days mm-hmm. in country music where you're hearing a song and they may be technically fine. Sure. Um, and, and the song is well written for what it is. But... There's a heart. It's more, yeah, There's. Mm-hmm. it's not like I'm actually believing. Just because you can hit a high F doesn't mean I'm going to believe what you're saying. Right. There you was know? something very um, deep and, and emotional. You could hear the connection between, for instance, Trish Earwood and the song. Oh, yeah, like Hearts and Armor? Yes. Oh, forget about it. <laughs> oh, man. I know. That song kills me. It's, there Song remembers when, of course, is yeah. what she's super famous for, but Hearts and Armor is my all-time favorite. Whole, yeah, that whole record. I mean, all of all of her uh, songs were just were songs that that were uh, inspiring in their own mm-hmm. ways, and just something for somebody so young when I was, you know, a kid to have to listen to that and go, oh, this is what this is what I. It should be like, you know, mm-hmm. that that was kind of teaching me what country music was and how it was evolving because she was she was really part of the evolution of of how it was taking on a different face as as um, as Nashville changed as well. And she also her voice was and is um, perfection. Yes, I agree. A voice that is is um, just otherworldly and undeniable. And I feel like we're, we're missing some undeniable um, artistry. Mm. Which is so, again, fascinating to me because there is the old saying in the music industry that if you are undeniable, mm-hmm. that you will rise to the top regardless. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that that's true anymore. Yep. I don't either. There, For instance, um, a dear friend of mine uh, and songwriter and, and undeniable artist here in Nashville is Lucy Silvis. Mm. And um, she... Yes. Great. Uh, there's another person that interprets yes. a song. Yes. Really understands the song. Yes. When you want to speak about somebody at the level of Trisha Yearwood or the next generation that is that is um, worthy to fill those shoes, it would be somebody like Lucy. And, and I have been very close to her in her career, and I have watched um, 
rooms and you know whether we're in a room full of 500 people or three people are stunned by her as they should be and there's that kind of talent walking around and she's having a lot of success uh, finally here in the United States and and I'm really proud of her but in, but in my opinion um, they just should have taken notice a lot faster and I think that she deserves to have a big radio hit you know, um, with, with her new music. And <laughs> it's very friend, infuriating that I don't hear that on country radio or, you know, it just makes me like, well, you yeah, know. <laughs> my friend Jennifer of Smithfield and I uh, went to breakfast the other day and <clears throat> she said, man, radio, it's a bloodbath. There's, mm. you know, there's X amount of spots. And if you're not on a major label, firstly, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah. you're already swimming upstream. And sure. then there's, are you a girl? Are you a boy? Are you, you know, mm -hmm. Who are you on tour? How much money has uh, XM mm -hmm. took a shine? You know, been does I Heart love you? Who you know? Where where's the love? And this is all these things. I don't know that people really understand how incredibly difficult mm -hmm. it is to get on the radio these days. Yeah, the nice thing is, I feel like it it is and this is a fact not really an opinion but radio is kind of going away sure and their th their model is changing just how our model changed with streaming um from the artist and songwriter side so so yes there are powers that be and yes um radio is is a very powerful machine to want to j get into if you are an artist however i feel like if in lucy's case for instance if you're putting out music at that level, um, there are ways for people to still find you on that sure. large of a scale. Well, streaming. You know, that's what you have to... Sure. That's the double-edged sword because right. we don't, as as writers and the creator of content, right. as we all know, that, mm -hmm. that we are not compensated. Right. It's as if I opened a restaurant and people came in, had a <laughs> yeah. huge meal... And left, you know, six cents on the table, even right. though the meal may have cost a thousand dollars. That's right. That's the thing here with the with technology changing. It's <laughs> it's like okay, you can't get on the radio. Okay, but you can still reach people via the internet. Let's just you know be broad about it. Mm -hmm. And and yet, <laughs> now that income stream and that that um, that you know model, I guess, has has become. And an area, like you were saying, where we um, can't be compensated for. Yeah. So that's that's something I've been involved in a lot with NSAI. Yeah. And, and they're, they're fighting hard, but... It's, it's man, been sure really disgusting back. to watch recently as we finally came to a resolution. And it wasn't... It was a step in the right direction. It wasn't... A, the 44%. Yes. It yeah, wasn't that we fixed it. It's that for the first time in 100 years, we finally got something um, in our favor because we are the little fish. Of course, Spotify and everyone my, else are the billionaires, and my yet first, we're providing... My first stream <laughs> check on my Reba cut um, mm -hmm. was it was 1.5 million streams and it was a dollar 37 mm -hmm. which if that would have been terrestrial radio right it would have been an enormous check that is right so you think about let's you think about I same here looking at um the this, blade for example yes probably. yeah looking at um right when the blade when Ashley's version of the blade first came out I had one come out as well along with an EP and if <laughs> if I had if if people had um, purchased you know from iTunes let's say if they had purchased the amount of songs that they had streamed had streamed if they had purchased what they had streamed because you can see that side by side when you, you get can. these reports sure. I not only would have been reimbursed for you know what it cost me to make the record I would have not had to work in a restaurant for that whole year 
and yet um and that's the best case scenario that's me owning my masters and everything which else. is not the usual scenario right right and so that's the best case scenario and just on the songwriting alone you know had i had i been paid for for what was streamed um i my life financially i could have supported myself is the point i mean that's mm -hmm. the that's and and it's uh it's greed you and know, i'm it's, not it's sure where the disconnect is. is even with the consumers because it's not only like they're not hearing this yeah. over and over again. It's not. It's not. It's I'm, a hard it's habit to break, fault, I suppose. Right. And the thing is, there's nothing wrong. I mean, people are going to get music the way that technology to. has dictated, and of course, yeah. you want them to. This is on um, these companies sure. who are the taking the our yes, yes, who are building their billion-dollar empires on our backs and are just got greedy because they saw how much money could be made and instead of taking their fair share for being the middleman they are paying themselves as though they are the content creators yes. and we are the middleman and guess what labels own stock in spotify right it's, it goes real Amazon. deep i'm pretty sure it goes yeah, real, real sure. deep <laughs> and and having been in washington and sitting in front of um the movers and shakers, um, both who have been in favor and not in favor of, of songwriters and, and our rights, it's it's um, discouraging on one hand because you see the power and, and you see how small we, we are. collectively are in comparison to the mm -hmm. power. But then at the same time, you see that we have absolute warriors in there, both from our in our government and and just those you know people on our side you know from our different organizations sure. um that are fighting for us and you bring so up that, that you've waitressed for mm -hmm. a long time yeah and that's how you support yourself mm -hmm. and you know for many of us songwriters and perform and and performing artists painters dancers all of it mm -hmm. um creators of of creative content original mm -hmm. creative content or <laughs> sometimes not so original mm -hmm. um there is that cliche of the poverty life right. and you know you're not doing this for the money but it, it wouldn't yeah. hurt to be able to pay our bills right you know what's what's interesting is that i in in recent years when i have been my own publisher i wrote the entire soundtrack to a major motion that's picture. right talk about that for a moment i mean i got to i got to write all the music uh, while waiting tables full-time i wrote um the entire original co-wrote um, with my friend John Martin co-wrote the entire original um, major motion picture soundtrack to Burt Reynolds' final film, which was a great film, by the way. Oh, thank I you. I loved that. I cried. Thanks. Yeah. It was such, I felt that was a film that finally, um, the last movie star. Yeah. So we're talking about, mm -hmm. and uh, it it actually really I felt I was watching him be him. Yeah. But it was like telling his story in, right. a, in its I own way. I think it was a beautiful send off. Send off. Yeah. For him. Yeah. He, well, that's a huge deal that you. It was amazing. I my my point that I'm trying to make with the fact that okay, you know, I in this town, you know, trying to prove myself at least worthy of a publishing deal, you know, in that time. So I, you know, have an entire major motion picture soundtrack. I have, you know, coming off of a, the title track of a Grammy nominated album that I wrote. Um, and and even now, I I just was offered to to become the composer of all the original music to a new Broadway play out of New York. Congratulations! We'll Thank talk you. about that too. Thank you. Why and I I mean I have and of course you know we have things as songwriters when you're you get cuts and you you can't speak about them yet. And I have things in the pipeline that that I I can't talk about yet because they're not out. You know it's not sure. it's not news yet. But I. <laughs> 
I'm so frustrated that um, that I, I just I feel like I've worked so hard to prove myself. Mm -hmm. And then I go into these meetings and they either tell me we're not signing women mm -hmm. or we have one slot. We don't have a woman. You know, we have eight male songwriters and yeah, we I guess we need a girl, you know, or whatever, like these weird, odd scenarios. And I think people and, don't really believe that happens, but it does. Yeah. I remember a few years ago, uh, I took a meeting in town with a relatively large yeah. uh, publishing company, indie, indie publishing, sure. but still relatively large. Had the meeting, Plates was there for two hours. They mm -hmm. wanted to keep hearing songs. It went really well. It was wonderful. Mm -hmm. Left that meeting feeling pretty good, <clears throat> except for the fact that they said, we're not signing any women right now. They actually said, which in any other industry would be virtually a crime, <laughs> right? It's a major lawsuit waiting to happen. Yeah. And I thought, okay, all right, that's fine, yeah. uh, whatever. And uh, not like I'm surprised. And then the mm -hmm. next day, one of my co-writers on a couple songs had a meeting with the same company. They were very excited, played the same songs, and <laughs> said, oh, Susan Ruth, she was here yesterday. She's a really great writer, but we're not signing girls right now. And this was a guy, my co-writer on th those particular mm -hmm. songs. He said, can you believe they said that? I'm like, yeah, they weren't afraid to tell me that straight up. <laughs> right, right. You know what, though, what I will say, though, it has, you know, all these years spent in Nashville, quote, trying to get a publishing deal. What this has done for me, it's first of all empowered me to know that I can... In the years where I have not had a publisher, I've had more happen. I I'm totally in a down smaller that. amount yes, of time. Absolutely, coming out of five and six publishing major deals over absolutely. the years, I have been able to make more happen for myself while I have been an independent publisher. So so I started to go wait. What so why? What am I? What am I needing? What am I looking for? Okay, yes. Do you get a salary? You know, to write songs when you're with a publisher? Sure. But let's think about the big picture here. If if these people. Uh, who you know, whoever you know, they are the ones signing girls or not. But if this if this community of of publishers doesn't see a value in me, that's okay because now I've been motivated and I've shown myself what I'm capable of. So if the salary is the only thing, the, you the problem, yeah. well, guess what? I can figure that out. I can right. pay myself, which is what I've decided to do. If you can't join them, beat them. Absolutely. It's that I always say it's yes. that moment in uh, Pretty Woman where she comes in and yeah. she says. Big mistake, huge. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is why I mean, big mistake, huge, huge mistake. Because because what I'm going to do now, my new goal, is to not get a publishing Good deal. Good for you. I don't want a publishing deal. I want to have enough success where I am my own publisher. It's a huge difference in checks, by yes, the way, when you're your own publisher. Yes, because my track record as a publisher is better than anybody I ever signed with. Yeah. So who do I want to be signed with? I want to be signed to me. And you know what? Down the road, maybe I find a partner, an investor to invest in my company. Sure. But you know what? I, moving forward... It's very powerful. Yes. Moving forward, I... I, my dream is to be my own publisher and yes. to not have to lean on anybody else. And that's up to me. You know, right. it's my risk and my reward. And I think you just have to believe in yourself no matter how many doors are shut in your face. Well, no one works you, for you as hard as you right. do. That's right. And regardless, it's You have just, to take it into your own hands. Yeah. And who knows, you know, maybe, you know, if you're a songwriter out there, maybe a huge publisher signs you, which is awesome. It's that's great, great to have too. a paycheck. It yes, is. But it if, is. if you can make it without that especially can, in this day and age of streaming and everything else yes, if you can if, own the masters if you can as much right. as you can own the better the you know and exactly the yeah mo the more that you're guiding your own ship the better i was signed for a couple of years to a publisher that um actually had more females than males on wow. the roster deluge and uh it was wow. great for for the two years i was there um you know it's nice to have a kind of a family and yeah. um and having that 
monthly paycheck yeah. did not suck. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, I, I know that I'm so much happier without yeah. a publisher. And you know what? If you could, I think the key is finding a champion because I've had... I've had publishing deals, for instance, Steve Seskin, who's an incredible writer. Writer, He wrote every number one song in the the 90s for country music, just huge hits, um, and an incredible songwriter. He just, he didn't even have a publishing company, and he saw something in me after writing with me for the first time, and I was signed to him for four years. That was an incredible gift. That was a champion. If you can find somebody who's a champion, Mm -hmm. great, but you know what? If you can't find a champion, you have to be your own. And, and I would even go so far as to say, start with being your own. Absolutely. And then find the second And that's something I learned being in Nashville. And you're, you're absolutely yeah. right. That's something I learned over the years. I thought that I had to find that in somebody else. And with all of them just turning a blind eye to any success or any value that I've created in and for myself, it made me realize that I had to be the champion first. Yeah, I said in my BMI rep once, this was years ago, I said, hey, you know, I've got some number ones in other countries on Mm -hmm. various artists. Yeah. Uh, Does anyone in Nashville care? No, they don't care. No, they don't. They don't even care if you have anything in this country, which, you know, it's just, but what they do care about is, is a lot of times if you... At this point, where we are is you have to have already done all the work and just give it to them, which I'm not interested in. You not know? anymore. Right. <laughs> not anymore. So talk about the Broadway thing. That's exciting. How did yeah. that come to be? So, um, so again, uh, when I... Um, became my own publisher again after a long time in 2013, I decided to see what would happen, you know, if I just went for it. And uh, a few months into that deal, I had, um, because of my relationships with writers and producers in California, I had somebody call me while I was working, bartending, saying, hey, uh, Dolly Parton has this Christmas movie coming out and we don't have the finale song and you're going to write it. And I had never written for a film before. I ended up writing the song overnight, recording it overnight, turning it in. They accepted it. They were like, what? You just, you know, you fixed this. Well, you fix another song in the in the movie, which I did that too. Overnight, I didn't sleep for like 48 hours. And Do you have your own studio? Um, I don't. I just, I, I basically wrote all the songs at, in my house and then I just called a friend of mine and went to their studio at four yeah. in the morning. Okay. <laughs> and thank God LA was, was time difference worked out sure. perfectly. Um, but all of that to say, um, the, the music director over that film was an executive, uh, a former lifetime executive named Marianne Good. And she now has her own, um, company called the All Media Music Group. And at the time, she was who I was dealing with. You know, she was kind of the head of, sure. of the music for that film. And she got to know me and saw that I turned in these two songs overnight. It was like, I don't know who you are, but <laughs> but thank you. You know, this is great. Like, you know, and I developed a relationship with her and, and a reputation with her. And she called me again for another film um, for Lifetime and Hallmark and Discovery, kind of under that umbrella, the A&E umbrella. And I wrote all of that music by myself as well. Wow. And again, I turned it around overnight. You know, music for the whole film just just did it um is this composing and yeah lyric melody uh, yeah this is original songs so yeah. all the original songs um in a, a movie called manson's lost girls i had done for her that was the second film i did for her and um and it was a success you know it was i just did did my best and she came to me and she said do you understand that you're a project writer do you know that's what you're doing that's what you're able to do um and I I had no idea I was like okay sure you know it's just kind of like you just take the opportunity and say yes and hopefully you get it um hopefully it's good enough and so I had done that with her and so um she asked to represent me she was like I want to represent you you know I want to if I find anything for you I would love to bring it to you and 
make people aware of you should you fit. Like an agent. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Like an agent. And so I had, um, I had just been going about my business. I had just pretty much accepted to the casting offer for a show called Real Country on the USA Network last year. Which and you did very well. Thank you. Yeah, Congratulations it was, on it that. It was an amazing... My life is, is very <laughs> extreme. I had, um, I had last year... Uh, when this Broadway situation had come to me from Marianne, I basically had lost the publishing deal I had worked for four years to get. They pulled out before the year was over, and it was a really um, dark and 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 not good situation that I was really blessed to get out of. So I was kind of cast aside by them. Um, and within the month, I get offered uh, to be casted for this new show that Shania Twain is executive producing. And That's I get a the, call. The That's on. real country. Yeah. yeah. And then I get a call from Marianne saying, um, there's a new Broadway play in development that I think you might be a match for. I would love to put you in contact, you know, with these people. And um, it, it was a really interesting uh, thing to to think about being a part of because this Broadway play right now, it's tentatively called Two Queens, the working title. Uh, it is all female run. And it is a lot of time in, in Broadway, just like Hollywood, a lot of the big guns are, are men. And so this is a play that's going to be uh, hopefully directed. We haven't brought on a director, but it's definitely all of the music is going to all, everything you hear is going to be composed by me. Um, the play has been written by a playwright named Melissa Annis, uh, who is um, from Wales, but she lives in New York City, an incredible award-winning um, playwright. And then right now, the lead producer is um, someone named um, Jennifer Krantz, who was also an exe former executive of marketing at Lifetime and left to to pursue um, producing Broadway musicals. And uh, so it's just this ex such an exciting opportunity and kind of hit it off with them and I got the official offer in December and so exciting yeah and it's basically I'm excited for everyone to to see it once we once we get everything together but it's uh it's also if <laughs> believe it or not it's kind of empowering for women and and the play is actually based on Henry VIII and his first two wives so Catherine it's and a hell of a story Anne Boleyn and yeah. so what we've done is the history has been written by men and we've kind of we're looking at it through a different lens as though the history maybe had been written by women or maybe exploring what the truth might have been behind their I love that. behind Anne and Catherine's um, motivations with, with Henry and maybe they were and they were history tells us that they were working on just furthering women um, and their equality mm -hmm. at that time I mean this was a time when Anne women Boleyn had like cages on their faces and things yeah. Yeah. yeah and so I don't really know a lot about Catherine of Aragon but I know that mm -hmm. Anne Boleyn was I mean, she's a badass, firstly. Mm -hmm. She took no prisoners. Right. The two of them, it, history shows that the two of them were working very hard for literacy among women and, and just working to change, to change the dynamic. And our story kind of uh, shows how the two of them may have worked together to mm. to to further um, equality. And and it centers around their friendship. And uh, and I'm just honored to, to get to write the songs. And, and I have... Um, yeah, I'll start previewing the songs in my shows, which I did at the Bluebird the other night as well. So it's it's very exciting, and also um, I think that would be an incredible exciting. project to be able to tell those stories mm -hmm. through song. Mm -hmm. So and it speaks a lot to uh, how how good you are at your craft, thanks. because that's a that's another level. 
it is certainly an undertaking. I have never, <laughs> I have never written all of the music for a, a the theatrical production before, but having come off of written the soundtrack that I had for, for the last movie star, um, gave me a confidence and also an understanding as far as composing a body of work it's a to a script. Yeah. yeah to, and you have yeah. to consider different voicings. I mean, not someone's an alto, someone's a soprano that changes the melody right. that, you know, there's... Right. And just, there's so, much, there's so much to think about and how, you know, how changing melodies and things affect the emotion and how Absolutely. the characters speak into the, I mean so much so much to think about and to learn still but I'm very excited that that they're taking a chance on me and that they see something in me that they it's wonderful. that they think can you know help it is an interesting experience to go, say, on YouTube, watch a clip of a movie, any movie, mm. and I'm, I'm sure there's side-by-sides out there. Watch it first with the music and that's in there, and then watch it without, <laughs> yes. and see how different it feels. That's something that uh, NSAI utilized in Washington mm. to kind of explain to lawmakers who, you know, we don't expect them to understand the inner workings of a music business, so the best way to show them is to be like, okay, so here's the impact of music, just very quickly, a, a, a beautiful um, example example with film or television or whatever you take the music away and you it's it's uh it's not the same yeah if you've ever <laughs> jumped up and down to a song or shed tears to a song mm -hmm. then music has affected you right you dance to it at your wedding or you whatever know, you it when you dropped your if you heard that college, story and said yeah. wow that's exactly how i'm feeling right now but i didn't know how to articulate it if you right. made a mixtape or a mix cd or i don't know a playlist these days right. It's huge. You fall in love and out of love to songs. I mean, it's it's uh, it's it's something that should be. Um, it's a tapestry respected. of our life, mm -hmm. of all of our lives, and and regarded for for those people who create that and mm -hmm. share that, and it's it's uh, they deserve to at least pay their bills. Yes, I agree. Mm -hmm. As a sixteen-year-old girl, mm -hmm. hoping for stardom. Mm -hmm. um, as your career has ebbed and flowed, as careers do, right. um, where how did you find peace with wherever you are, whenever you were there? You know what I mean. Right. <laughs> <laughs> be here now. How did? Because yeah. it's a, it's super hard to not look backwards mm -hmm. and and look forwards and not be right. exactly where you are. Right. Right. As a creative, or yeah. as anyone, as a human being. Yeah, I think I've seen um, in the the darker times for especially when I thought okay all is truly lost <laughs> um I they have always been followed those times have always been followed by not just something encouraging but something life-changing mm. so every time that I have felt like I I've not um I've not ended up where I thought I would be based on you know, how I'd proven myself or just, you know, just with the experience or with, you know, just just building a name for yourself, how it truly, when I felt like it truly doesn't matter or hasn't mattered and doesn't count, you know, um, I, I have been given an opportunity almost immediately after the fact that um, has taken me to another level, um, even if I'm still in the same place, if that makes sense. So if I'm still working in a restaurant, which I am, right? Um, and yet I'm given this responsibility, honestly, like it feels like a cultural responsibility with this Broadway play, at least if I think if we do our jobs right, it, sh it, it should have an impact. That's our job to make sure that it has an impact and, and um, 
on our culture and to to have that responsibility given to me even though some may view me as just their waitress you know it's it's kind of like my little secret <laughs> that keeps me I, I the fact that I've been given that responsibility means something even if this town or this you know state or or this business doesn't necessarily recognize that mm -hmm. and maybe if I'm not regarded in terms of a publishing deal not regarded as a professional writer I have found my way to still to still be one even if I'm not labeled one if that makes sense or even if they maybe outward appearance doesn't first tell you that but I, I just feel like I I know that this has not been for nothing even if even if I'm not where I quote should be you know right well now, and you bring up such sense. a good point it's nobody else gets to define who you are right. no one no one is is truly allowed the real estate of mm -hmm. your mind and your soul and your right, body right you get to determine what That's success right. means it's really hard to freaking remember right. that i'm and, and it's funny what most people people ask me like why do you tell people you wait tables like why do you do that in the age of social media where it's like you need to be perfect and everything's great all the time and i'm in france and now i'm you know what i mean i'm, I'm taking trips for no reason and all these things you know Paris, where, it just, Tennessee. <laughs> where it just looks like you're living a life of grandeur sure. or just with zero um uh, turmoil or anything. Right. Um, I I am proud. I am proud of that. I am proud to say yes. I can work full time in a restaurant and write an entire soundtrack. Yes, I can write all the music for a Broadway play and literally work full time in a restaurant and try and go tour and do all these things. I'm and still write commercial music for artists for myself. Da -da -da, you know, and and I. I'm hoping to do those things well, and I'm I'm able to. I have the focus, and I have um, a, a well of creativity that um, that even if it is unrecognized by the powers that be, it still exists. Right, you know? and I think that is a really important thing to say is that no matter what, if it is in you. Mm -hmm. I've had friends who have quit music, and mm -hmm. I often say, how? Tell me your secret. Tell me what the magic elixir is right. to make me stop having this in right. my body. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It, it's, it just it feels like even though things haven't worked out the way maybe that I initially pictured them working out, uh, with this kind of... Um, the narrative that's come from the struggle has made it so much richer. You know, the fact that I was on TV getting a standing ovation from Shania Twain and a few nights later I was yeah. back waiting tables in a restaurant like nothing had happened. Sure. That, I, I will say for anybody out there who is who is a creative person, um, same, like, it, it's very, what's hard is the switch back, you know. But if anything, you can use that as fuel, I think. And, and it... It is the hardest part is when you do like you, you know, you have this huge song and or you have, you know, some some kind of big accomplishment in, in your world and everybody else acts like it, it never happened. Mm. You know, um, that that's the hardest part. But you you have to you learn, I, I will say from experience, you learn to to not take that on, you know, and you learn to to to. Um, to be proud of it and to be proud of, I'm proud of my circumstances, you know, because when I, 
when I'm able to, to do this full time, it will have been because I fought for it. Sure. You know, and, and it's all, it's important. All of it is in its own way, a character, you're a character in, in a different play. Mm -hmm. When you're a waitress, mm -hmm. you're a waitress in that play. And mm -hmm. when you're a composer, right. you're a character composing in that play. Right. And then you do you know and when you're performing yeah. on stage, you're that character performing right. on stage. If none of it is real and all of it is real, mm -hmm. then it, you know, it, it gets to be whatever right. you want it to be. And I have found that my parents will say it doesn't matter what you accomplish. And my parents will say, you know, well, when do you think it is that you're gonna make this happen that and I say well I've made all these other things happen <laughs> right and you right. know seeking approval from parents is age old of course but mm -hmm. if they were to say wow everything you've done is amazing and miraculous then I would turn to the person who maybe wasn't that enthralled mm -hmm. um, because we're constantly seeking a validation from those right. who refuse to give it right and instead if it came from inside, right. something that, again, I say I, is extraordinarily yeah. difficult, but it's so important, that, that understanding that everywhere you are is perfect. Right. I've come to accept that you, you have to, or, or I've come to, to practice, that you have to allow everything to be as it is. Because where you are right now is where you are meant to be. That's why you're here. That's why you are where you are. Sure. And so if you look at things in that way, then all of a sudden you're not reaching you're, you're content where you are you know you're because you know that that's where you're supposed to be mm -hmm. and that's what's really helped me in harder nights at the restaurant you know where I look around and go what the hell what is <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's happening you know or how, how did I end up here and for some reason um if I can accept that that's where I was supposed to be mm -hmm. then that's gets me to you know it gets me through the night it gets me through to the next Broadway show that comes my way or you know whatever it is um it it's I, that's the hardest thing. It is. It really you is. Know. But God, doesn't it make it so much sweeter? Yep. When you get those phone calls. Oh my God. Yeah. You're going to make me cry. When <laughs> yeah. you get those phone calls and you're, and you're sitting there thinking, as you said, you know, yesterday right. I was here and now I'm right. here and none of it makes right. sense. <laughs> right. That's, I mean, coming up to, I, I had tears in my eyes when I found this out. I have a show that I'm playing with Desmond Child and Kix Brooks from, wow. from Brooks and Dunn. And I've waited on both of them, like over the years and really difficult times in my life. And I just remember waiting on them because of course you go, oh my God, you know, I grew up listening to your music and here you are, you're so close, but it's you're like so being far. It's <laughs> of, of a glass partition. Yes. And now I'm going to sit on stage with them. <laughs> and I, I... I told my mom, I'm like, I don't know, I've done a lot of cool shows, but I feel like this is like one of the biggest full circle moments that I'll ever have because I'm going to look to my left and my right and be like, I've watched you win Grammys. I've watched you win Grammys. I've listened, you know, you listen to your songs on the radio, you, and I've also waited on the both of you yeah. and... And here I am sitting in the middle of you on stage. It's very... And then the next night I'll go back to waiting tables. Have you been again. at the same restaurant no. this whole time? Um, no, I've I've been, you know, worked a few different places in Nashville. Right now I'm at Josephine and 12 South. Oh, here. I like yeah. that place. Yeah, I've been there for... Uh, it'll be Great a year. Brussels sprouts. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> that Big is fan. true. Oh, yeah. Everybody Big fan loves of the those. Brussels sprouts. Come on down. We got them. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Yeah. When uh, so you're 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 getting a director for the Broadway play. Yep. And now are you yes, beholden? Really, yeah. Do you have to turn in? This is where I am right now with the songs, and somebody says yes, this is good, or yeah. are you, because mm. you have the script that you're writing it to. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So Jennifer Krantz, um conceived of this. Um, storyline and she brought on Melissa Annis and the two of them have worked on this for uh, the past few years and then they have just brought me in so the three of us right now are kind of the foundation of this and we are um, getting ready to record the songs in May you know some demos of the kind of cornerstone songs and getting ready to go for um you know the next uh the next step in getting it produced and and looking at you know bringing on hopefully a really powerful female director it's really exciting who knows you know um so it's exciting so yeah. maybe somewhere next year uh, I know yeah, I'd hope so. Time. I I um I think <laughs> I kind of warned everybody. You know, when I came on, I'm like, I am gonna send you a lot of songs. <laughs> you know, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna be on this. You know, I'm gonna be very it's good to overwrite. I mean, yeah, yeah. And so, so really I think cheesy. yeah, I don't think um, initially Marianne, my my agent, I think warned them like, don't worry, Jamie's gonna give you plenty. <laughs> but I don't think they were expecting me to turn in everything as as quickly as I have. And I've just um, been really on top of it. So we are I think further along in in our process than they expected us to be uh which is great um but it's it's been so far it's been very exciting and I think the sky is the limit for this especially I think once people hear the the beautiful um and and powerful story that Melissa and, and Jen have worked on and paired with music that I hope is emotionally um also powerful enough to drive it home Right, because as everyone who's ever purchased a soundtrack knows, that yeah. to be able to listen to the music bring you and have it be the story as well as the story itself with right. dialogue, it's, right. it's, it's a major... Yeah, to, major to have to write music that's worthy of the story that, that Melissa and Jen have crafted is, is definitely um, a, a challenge, but also one that I am confident in that the three of us are going to be able to, to realize a really beautiful and hopefully unforgettable um, production that, that nobody's experienced before. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, good. I think I think it, it took a long time to get there because the first emotion of a lot of us is, is going, um, you didn't do enough, you know, and only in the recent years as I've... Mm, kind of surprised myself with what I've been able to do you know I've, I've done things probably in the last two years that I didn't know if I could actually accomplish or if I was I don't know just good enough to accomplish is, is the plainest most plain way to put it but um I yeah I've I've very slowly come to the point of going you know what <laughs> you should be proud of that end of story <laughs> no but no right. or you know it just you know, the answer should be yes at this point, and it wasn't for a long time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But that's part of, as you get older, being able to look back on everything, You, the perspective really, it's something that only comes with time. Yeah. <laughs> How know? does your girlness, your femaleness, your uh, womanhood uh, uh, figure into all of it? Do, do you think about that much? Yeah, I, I think that it has, um, first of all, I think it, it has given me the... The perspective and the in the uniqueness that I am as a songwriter, I think that is just found in a woman's heart. A lot of that is, and so I'm glad to have that. Um, but at the same time, 
you know, on, on the other end of the spectrum, I've been very aware of it, you know, when I've lost my last deal, you know, just kind of being told that, you know, you just don't, don't talk, you know, the, the idea that you just be, be quiet and be pretty and don't talk about the hard stuff, you know, don't talk about, don't, um, just don't talk <laughs> and, um, and, or take it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Take it is just a big one. Just take it. Yeah. You know, just take it. Industry parties, especially when there's the errant yeah. hand on your ass and you're like, yeah. uh, excuse me. Yeah. Just, just take it. You know, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, it's it's a very it's a sad truth but but again i have never been one to back down and um and a lot of of people have learned that in this industry and i i have a lot of respect for everybody here and and what they're trying to accomplish but at the same time i'm certainly not going to accept any less respect or or um I'm just not going to be treated in ways that that are unacceptable, <laughs> and I I'm going to tell you that you that's right. Be an equal. That's right, and I'm going to speak up, yeah. you know, and I'm not going to be quiet, and I'm not going to not talk about injustices, you know, because if if uh, you don't want me to talk about it, you shouldn't have your actions shouldn't have been what they were, you know, and that's male female I don't care who you are, <laughs> sure. that's the bottom line, you yeah. know, and so um, over the years I have been aware of it, but I. Um, but I've been unwilling to accept the terms of that, you know, that are imposed because, you know, because you're a woman or because you're not this or not that. Um, no, <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to accept any boundaries and they may still be in place and the walls may be there and I may not be able to break them down, but I hope to fly over them. Amen you to know? that. Do you think yeah. I'll stay in Nashville? Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'll stay my home base here, but I love, I've always wanted to live in New York, like not permanently, but I've always wanted to be there. So I think with the, once we, uh, hopefully finally go to Broadway that I'll be able to be there and it'll feel like I'm living there for a while. Um, but I would love to be able to go coast to coast, you know, have a place Absolutely. Um, for the music business in LA and have a place uh, to go to in New York and, but then have a home here. I think that would, that would be the dream. Um, Yeah. Tell people how to find you out there in the wild. Yeah, out, out there in the wild. Um, you can go to officialjamiefloyd.com, and it's J-A-M-I-E, Floyd like Pink Floyd. Everybody remembers that. Um, officialjamiefloyd.com, and that will kind of connect you to, you know, Jamie, just at Jamie Floyd on stuff. Instagram. Yeah, so that's like one hub you can go to um, for everything. And, yeah. And you're on all the socials and all that Yes, fun, Twitter so. is Jamie Floyd Music. Instagram is Jamie Floyd. Facebook is Jamie Floyd Music. So um, I'm out there, but the main hub would be would be the website, officialjamiefloyd.com. What do you think you would tell your, your 11-year-old self, your 16-year-old self now, yeah. back for back then? Oh, oh I... It's such a such an emotional thing. Um, I think I would say that um, no matter what they say, um, t you know, take what you give, what you believe, and what you know the most weight. Mm -hmm. You know, it whatever you hear, um, whatever your it's just whatever you hear. Um, Give give yourself the give yourself the benefit of the doubt and give yourself the last word. You know that's what I would say. Just <laughs> take take the good and and leave the bad as fast as you can. 
you know, and don't, um, because there, I think everybody has that initial voice in your head or your heart that, that tells you what you love and, um, and who you are. Yeah. And do not let anybody, um, do not let anybody replace that voice mm. and do not let anybody, um, talk, speak over it, you know? And just keep hearing that for as long as you can. Hear, yeah. listen to you, what you know to be true. Yeah. And, yeah, and who you are at your core and don't let anybody question or change it. Yeah, I think you're extraordinary. Thank I'm you. really glad. And we're all crying. <laughs> and we're all crying. I'm really no, I'm glad. Sorry, that sorry to... No. You know it's what? intense. Uh, emotions, I'm yeah. a big fan. I think yeah. if, if more people were in touch with that part of themselves, yeah. we'd be far better off. <laughs> so I, yeah. I welcome emotions of all kinds yeah um, it's been a long road and so <laughs> yeah and it is a long road and yeah but it sounds like you are in the driver's seat you are <laughs> yes. calling the shots yes and that's a beautiful place to be oh yeah yep yeah it's it's yep and there's something to be said that it may not have felt the same if, that's if right. you had gone this whole other direction oh. that you assumed it was going to be everything is worth so much more yeah yeah it really is and it really it's is. really shaped you into a fine human being with Thanks. empathy Right, right. Which, again, I, I hate to say it, but that, that kind of empathy um, as a songwriter is is something that is um, is truly priceless if you've if you've had the fortunate slash unfortunate opportunity to earn it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you, you only get to a place um, after being kicked down and, you know, and you only get to a, a certain place, I think, in your writing, too, once you've experienced so much. You know, mm -hmm. there's a there's the writer that you you are and the writer that you become. And so it's it's been fortunate for me. <laughs> yeah. The story has certainly, although it was hard to go through at times, it certainly um, enriched things sure. more than I expected. But you wear truth with a capital T, and there's mm -hmm. no denying mm -hmm. truth with a capital T. Right, right. And right. it... It's a resounding force. Yeah. No yeah. one can deny it. We all know right. it. When we hear truth, we know it. Right. Right. Whether it's in a song, no matter what, it's doesn't coming matter. at you yeah. and it doesn't matter. Absolutely. <laughs> but we it does. When we hear it. It does come through. I agree. Yep. Jamie Floyd, thank uh, you. Thank you I wish you me. all the success. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you all for listening, too. I appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. Your support means the world to me. Please take a minute and rate and review on iTunes. And thanks again. Bye.